So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Honesty hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm Izzy, and I am excited to jump on today. Uh, somebody, I'm, I have somebody on today that is extremely, extremely, extremely um, exciting. And uh, from the outside eye, I've been following him for a very long time. And I'm very, very uh, excited for him to share your, his journey and everything that he's touched in recent years um, and most recently in recent months. So um, without further ado, Caesar, thank you for joining me today. No, thank you for having me over. I am very excited to to jump on and obviously talk about uh, your story and everything like that. But there's going to be some people that that decide to download this podcast and listen to it that maybe don't know who you are, or don't know your journey, or anything like that. So, do you want to give them a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. Uh, I'm a shoemaker from Colombia. Uh, I came here to the States to pursue my design uh, education as well as career. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to work in the industry for the past uh, five years uh, in different uh, different places such as Adidas, Nike, uh, Pencil Academy, and now working with easy uh and yeah that's that's where i am career-wise and that's what that's what i do <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you uh where'd you go to school it's savannah college of foreign design did that did that program kind of shape who you are today oh totally uh, as a professional uh, you know it had a huge impact into into how I work, how I operate, how I think. Um, yeah, uh, my classmates, my professors, the curriculum, uh, also the way uh, SCAD nurtures collaboration among students. It's it's yeah, it's it's definitely had an influence into how I operate. Collaboration is like a huge word uh these days in in footwear um and when you talk about it from the education side it's interesting because especially you coming from colombia um and doing this this program that is i mean scad is not for the the person who likes to slack off so did you did that help you build like more friendships around campus or anything like that oh totally um the the thing about SCAT's approach that is very that is very interesting and very like innovative I would say is that everyone has to take foundation courses and no matter what your major is, at the beginning everyone it's placed at the same level. Hmm. 
in terms of like you have to take 2D design, 3D design, drawing, color theory. So like no matter what you do in, in your creative career, you have those foundations uh, covered. And the reason why they do it is so in, once in the professional world, if you work with other SCAD alumni, you can speak the same language. Yeah, you have that like, you know, knowledge, basic knowledge, foundations covered. Uh, and yeah, and that's one of the things that like facilitates collaboration is because most of the time you're on the same page, uh, you know, vision-wise, creative-wise. And yeah, that helps a lot. Before we get into your professional experience, let's talk about your time in Colombia. Did you grow up saying, I, I want to be a footwear designer? Like, where did that come from? Uh, I did not. Uh, I, I did a, had a pretty good idea that I wanted to be in the creative field. And, you know, wanted to be involved in anything related with art. Um, so I was looking for that perfect balance of art and design. And at that time... I came across an in the industrial design major, which at that time it was fairly not not an early like career, but it wasn't hasn't been uh, around for too long either. So I came across industrial design and I was like, oh, this is perfect because you get to draw, you get to be artistic, but then you have to be very mechanical and technical about how things are going to work. So that for me was like the perfect marriage. And that's why uh, I decided to pursue industrial design as my bachelor's um, because that, that major was, was the perfect combination, uh, like the perfect recipe for me, uh, mm -hmm. for, for my ingredients, because I had the right ingredients to be an industrial designer. Um, just because, you know, in my upbringing, I was always involved, like, drawing and being artistic, being hands-on. Uh, and that was nurtured in my household, mm -hmm. uh, just to be artistic. The, I think that was the trigger. And then things started falling into, falling into place. And then, like, industrial design, oh, this is perfect. Uh, and, yeah, that's... That's what led me to, you know, to pursue the career I pursued. But no, footwear wasn't on the picture back then. Was your family very artistic as well? Uh, yes, my my mom is. My mom used to help me to before. Back in the day, you have to do posters, presentation posters. Um, so she helped me. But my grandfather, he's. I think he's the one who I got most of the those like artistic genes from. Uh, he's an architect. And he did. He he does a sculpture. He does furniture, and yeah, he's definitely who I got the artistic genes from. It's crazy how the the influence of family or just the people that you surround yourself kind of go to influence obviously your future. That's 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 amazing. When you were looking for their play, the colleges to attend, what stood out? Like why it's a big jump for you to go from Columbia to SCAD. Um, well, before SCAD, I went to University of Florida to study English as a second language. Because before, before you know, before I pursue a bachelor, you know, a career in the States, mm -hmm. I, I have to dominate English. And, I have, you know, you have to speak well, write well, 
um, so the the plan was to like okay you have to learn English very well first before you do anything else so then you know I learned English took me to like dominate English took me like year and a half um, and then writing writing was also one of the hardest parts challenging parts about learning English I finished English at University of Florida and then the question was like okay you now you speak English really well you dominate the language uh, you know do you let's consider college here in the states yeah. uh, and then I found that Savannah College of Art and Design was in the area uh, where I was um, and it was the like one of it, it was a strong program uh, they offer scholarships and so it, it was like a no-brainer yeah yeah and it was close to home so I would come home for breaks and yeah it was it was a good it was a solid choice when you were at Florida studying English obviously it's a it's a tough time or it's a, a tough subject to to learn and kind of grasp in uh, a short amount of time did you kind of how did you battle that uh, because like you had these these other wants I want to be studying industrial design I, I want to be more artistic but you wanted you knew that you needed to do this first like how how do you how do you get into that mental state where I'm going to attack this and and then I'll be able to accomplish some of my goals yeah no for me the my time uh, learning English at University of Florida was critical because that's when I learned how to articulate my thoughts and then me now looking back Hadn't I not mastered that, I don't think I would have been as successful in terms of selling my ideas, selling myself, you know, as a professional to companies, pitching my projects. Uh, Also, uh, when you are in the creative process, also how you think and how you say things matters. Uh, So for me, when I was at University of Florida, learning English was an opportunity for me to break down the language and then being able to dissect, uh, you know, how sentences work. And like uh, when I was studying, part part of learning English is also studying advertising because mm-hmm. ad- advertising has a lot of like play on words, uh, you know, slangs, idioms. So for once you understand that, like you have... Uh, made it to like a higher level like you are at a higher level understanding the con the context of of what's being said on advertising um so yeah that that period really helped me to start uh, building my library of creativity and how i organize my thoughts and how i sell how i pitch my ideas uh, coming from where you've come from and and also being around the people that you've been around. Who are some of those big influences on you right now? Uh, big influences on me right now, creativity-wise. Uh, th- I mean, definitely my professors. You know, I keep in touch with my professors. Uh, and, you know, they're always that voice of, of wisdom, that voice of experience that, you know, that gives you that, like, pers- good perspective. 
on things uh, whenever I had dilemma, creative dilemmas or things like that. Uh, and of course, like my my boss right now is Steven Smith. He's yeah, he he's a, I see it as a I see him as a mentor more than a yeah more than a boss. But yeah, definitely people with experience. And yeah, my professors and and my superiors right now. Let's talk about you have an extensive career background. You've worked. You mentioned some of the names that you've worked for. How how did you land that first gig out of college? Right. Um. So I think to begin to land your first gig, like let's say full time job, the key is college. Like during college, try to use your. I mean strive to use your time for internships Mm -hmm. like like instead of going in summer vacation or like you know traveling somewhere for leisure try to use that time to build your portfolio build your connections build your network um so part part of what has helped me a lot with my career was how well i used my time during college uh, and during college, I completed four internships before I graduated. Um, and to speak on the like how I landed my first gig, uh, I, I think I always look at look back at my first internship, uh, like my first internship ever. Uh, it was in college in two thousand eleven, here in LA. Uh, I started applying for a summer internships. I started applying back in as early as December. So I started, yeah, I was the early bird. Uh, and that was, that's one of the uh, advices that I give to, to students right now. Like, you want a summer internship? Start reaching out to people in November, December of the, of the, pre, of the you know, the year before. Because if they can, you know, oh, we have a summer intern lineup already. They, you know, that's easy for them to, to pick you, uh, because then they'll have they don't have to think about it later. Um, but yeah, that was one of the ways I started, like, you know, scratching the surface in of, of my career. It was with my first internship here. Um, it was at a oh, and it was at a furniture studio, which makes sense with your background with your grandfather as well. Right. Yeah. No, and the at that time. What I was learning in industrial design, uh, I had all my basics covered. All the, you know, 3D modeling, sketching, all those basic skills were covered. So I think it was a good moment, you know. To st- I think that's a good moment to start. Like, don't don't wait too late, or don't wait until you graduate for your first internship, just because you don't feel prepared. Uh, I think it's important to take those early those steps early so to pause really quick when you when you were actively seeking those those internships and you were doing it earlier than maybe some advisors were were telling you to what what was that like i'm i'm guessing you were doing it a little bit earlier like in your in your college career so when you were doing that were 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 you met with some hesitation because of your age or anything like that? No, no, because I think what matters at the end of the day is your work. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was sending to studios, it was just like a, a pictures of my skills. You know, like this is this is my sketching skills, this is my three D modeling skills. 
these are my presentation skills. So, yeah, I was, you know, I was confident that, that you know, school prepares you for these moments, for these situations. Um, so, yeah, it was... It wasn't. It was a thought, but it wasn't like a, something that kept me from applying to places. I love that you had the utmost utmost confidence in yourself that you were, the work was going to speak for itself, and your skill set had it, um, which is awesome. So, after that that first full time job, take me through your career path uh, from then until now. Like, where what have your stops looked like? Where have you stopped, um, and everything like that. Yeah, uh, after that, after the, my first internship here in LA, then I had the opportunity to work with the with the SCADs. Uh, SCAD used to have like a product branch where they used to design and make products in the school to be sold in the market. It, and it was like a great opportunity for like students to have that, like be exposed to that experience of... Uh, to be exposed to like oh like you're part of a team designing a product that then you have to sell to the you know managers and the people that manage that oversee that company uh, so yeah that was my second second opportunity a professional a professional like internship they consider it um, yeah with the school and and then that summer, I went to work uh, with Milliken in Spartanburg, South Carolina, as a, as a like as for doing research, finding applications for older inventions and like uh, for older innovations, things that they that they had uh, discovered. So mm-hmm. they were looking for applications. So they brought on board a designer, uh, which was me. To find applications for for those inventions, um, so that was that was my third internship, and then my fourth internship was remote, uh, doing like graphic design, and a little bit of like UI UX. I got a job right out of college at a manufacturing company in Georgia, um, where. I was exposed to, uh, you know, helping the company first of all to like nail down all their branding, graphic design. So I did that for a year, uh, working with with that manufacturing company, and then then I decided to come back for grad school. Mm. What spurred that for you? Um, I think mainly it was my mom. Okay. Yeah, my mom. Uh, asked me like, hey, have you considered grad school? Uh, you know, to further your education and yeah, you know, have a more solid career. Like, you know, grad school won't hurt you. Uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, let's give it a try. Uh, yeah, I was like, sure. Like, you know, doesn't hurt knowing more and specializing in something. Uh, so that's when I went back to SCAD for to pursue graduate school in accessory design, uh, because they had all the they had a really strong program at that time, uh, because they had like all the facilities to execute what you design. 
Yeah. So I really like that. I really like that. And they and the program was geared towards you being able to design and make what you design. So I really like that. So that's what I decided to pursue grad school in accessory design. So is that when you started to go down the path of or you started to find the love for the footwear design? Yes. Yeah, that's nice. when they they teach in the program they teach bags and shoes so you are exposed to both and but then towards the end they let you choose like if you want to do just footwear or if you want to just do bags and backpacks you have that choice as well um but for me yeah for me for the beginning my mind was set set on bags because yeah. i really i really like that process um and i was finding a little bit difficult to learn how to make shoes um, until I kept doing it, you know, repeating and learning and, you know, more with practice, I became better at making shoes. And that's when I started realizing, like, you know what, you know, I, 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 I like the process. I enjoy the process. I have became good at it. Why not, you know, why not just pursue this as my career? Um, so, yeah, that was, that's how I ended up in shoes. Had you not been so persistent in, hey, I, I need to get better at this and I'm going to keep working harder rather than focusing my time on bags, you could have had a completely different career path. And that's that's so crazy, given obviously now looking back on it and seeing how much influence and how much work you've done in footwear yeah yeah that's crazy so obviously you get your master's degree you're going through and you've worked with some brands that are small and some huge brands some global brands in your professional career since getting your master's degree what's been the best uh, project that you've worked on that you can speak of obviously yeah um best project i mean there has been in each job there has been things that I've enjoyed a mm -hmm. lot. Um, I mean, definitely working, being part of like, well, I mean, for my current job right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely working on special projects in terms of like, um, like Sunday service or, or working on, you know, just a special projects that are like one offs uh, that require, you know, being hands-on, uh, you know, those type of projects I enjoy a lot just because I see the results. Uh, so I, I enjoy those type of projects. Um, I also enjoyed a lot in my early days of, of my footwork career uh, when I was being an apprentice to to a master shoemaker, Marshall Marchand. Uh, when I started working with him as an apprentice, uh, he was in the process of relocating his studio. So there was a lot of like uh, arranging, building things from scratch uh, to to help uh, build this studio that was going to become the shop, you know, where, where things are made, a sample, sample room where the shoes are made. So being exposed to that is, I think it was all very insightful, very rewarding experience, uh, just because you learn to think about your workflow and the space where you create matters. 
there's a lot of people, especially working from home. It's it's kind of tough to to create those spaces. So the most important things that someone in your position or a creative in your eyes should should do to make sure that it's an inviting kind of space for for yourself and for others. I think you have to think about what works for you in terms of you know the tools you use and yeah making it work for you like functionality over everything over over anything uh, just because you are the one working in that space um so yeah making it work for you being functional uh i mean for me lighting is important like i need good light you've done a lot Caesar, and there's I'm you're young, so I know there's a lot more ahead of you. What what kind of projects do you want to be working on in your future, or or that you can speak of, um, and what kind of like what do you think's in the future for yourself? Yeah, no, I want to definitely work on projects that use my use my full capacity of my skills and expertise, but also. I want to work on projects that require me to stretch my vision and my mentality. And this is one of the advantages of the job that I have now is that I am given these well, nearly impossible challenges or like that moment I think they are impossible. But me just like saying, let's do it, let's try it and I'll make it work in the process of you doing it, uh, you make it happen. So yeah, I want to be exposed to projects like that uh, more often or like as often as possible where I'm being stretched and where you grow not only as a designer but as a person and you build up your confidence and your intuition, which is also important. Uh, and yeah, just more more of that. That's, that's what I uh, crave. And that's something that advice to any creative or um, anybody just looking to get more out of their role, their current role or what their next role is going to be is, is that that stretch and to be looking for something, something to push their creative bounds, um, which is awesome. What are their, when we're talking about young professionals or just creatives in general, you probably get a lot that come into your inbox that say, Hey, how do I get here? How do I get there? How do I, how do I get your role? What does that advice sound like? What, what advice do you give them? What I tell them is that first you have to learn the basics, the foundations. Like if you want to design shoes, you must first have to learn how to make shoes mm-hmm. uh, because therefore your designs will be better because you know how to make them from the beginning. Uh, so that's part of the advice and then I also advise them with you know read more read read a lot because uh, every time you read or like every time I've read I felt like I've gained two years of experience uh, just because sometimes the answers are in the books you know from you know I'm not the first footwear designer I'm not the first shoemaker and other people have, you know, have had a similar path. So study people like that and, you know, learn from them. When you speak of learn from them, you have like arguably the world's greatest mentor in Steven. What have you 
obviously what you can speak of what what have you taken from him and implemented that has really changed the trajectory of your career and how you approach work i've definitely learned from him to not only let things be but also like let people be in terms of like your teammates or like the people you work with uh, let them be in terms of like let them do their job like no micromanagement because you know a lot of people have the tendency to like uh, control or like you know you have that fear uh, or insecurity that it won't get done as you like it but I think you have to be open for for interpretations of your work and you have to learn you know to like hands off and let people take you know take on 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 their part you know let them do their job uh, so I think that's that's been one of the things that I've you know that I've seen that I've learned that that I've applied I have applied in how I approach situations situations at work. I have this question I've been asking people this season um, about comparison, especially as a creative. It's very tough to battle between uh, comparison and and learning from someone and comparing yourself to someone and neg- that negatively affecting you. So when we speak about that, who do you compare yourself to um, on a personal and professional level? And like, do you let that get negative or are you constantly learning and constantly trying to take things from other people and apply it to who you are? Yeah, there is a fine line between comparing and learning from someone. Um, But yeah, I try to keep things like perspective wise. I try to keep things as like, you know, what can I learn? What can I take that is useful? from mm-hmm. what from what you have done like um i mean i look up fashion icons uh, just for in general for like what do they do in their creative process that sets them apart or like what do they do differently that you know has helped them get there it's uh, so like you know i i look at documentaries and the the Ralph Simmons documentary, the uh, Dior and I, or like for example the Alexander McQueen documentary, things like that help me not only compare but also like take what's useful from what they do. And this just goes for everything and anything in terms of like uh, doesn't have to be a person; it can be another project or or just yeah just. A separate entity is anything that can help you uh, get that edge. Um, that's where I get my, like my, um, how can I say, like advice from. Is like documentaries, biographies, uh, or just learning from other designers' creative process. Uh, and yeah, just you know, learning from them and. Also learning that you will get your turn, you know, you will get your chance to to shine. Um, yeah, just being comfortable with the process. What you you've spoken a little bit about books and reading. What are what are some of those books that you're you're always kind of referring to? Definitely, Creative Confidence by the Kelly Brothers. Uh, that's been one of my you know, just my go-tos, just for anything, because it, you know, it comes down to creativity. 
which applies to all of us. So creative confidence and creative confidence. Yeah, I would say creative confidence is one of those like must read book for, I would say for anyone. What makes you strange on purpose? What's ma- what makes me strange on purpose? Yeah. That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes you have to think about thinking. So that's one of those type of questions where you have to like, like, you know, step aside and reflect in in my work. You try to do things differently every time. Just because every time you do it, it's a chance for you to like, in, in your grief process, this is a chance for you to try something new. And it doesn't have to be innovative. It just means how you do it. So like aesthetics. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, aesthetics is, is what we see from far away. So yeah, for I mean, for me, like, I have to, I strive to create different aesthetics every time. So Caesar, uh, where can people follow your work? Yeah, I mean, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, are the, at my you know, the platforms where, where I'm on the most. Caesar, I appreciate you jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast and I look forward to whatever whatever's in the future for you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And yeah, I hope everyone finds something useful here. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 